on today's Expert Process Podcast. I'm always fascinated when I see in these film festivals uh, conversations uh, uh, people exchange and of course they start by oh, yeah, nice movie, you did a great job, blah 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 and how did you start? And how, hey, by the way, how did you get your funded? How did you... and they start exchanging tips and then... Do you know 6 in 10 businesses will fail within the first 5 years? First 5 years? Or 43% of Americans need a side hustle just to make ends meet? Just to make ends meet? Or that it takes 10,000 hours to master any subject? Any subject. Welcome to the Expert Process Podcast, where we cut the time to mastery in half with our seasoned pros. And now, from Atlanta, Georgia, broadcasting worldwide, worldwide. here's your resident expert, Durante Smith. Hello, EIT Nation, also known as Experts in Training. I'm your host, Durante Smith, and welcome to my show. Now, what is the expert process, you might ask? Well, to put it simply, it's years of labor, hard work, blood, sweat, and tears boiled down into an easy, understandable format for you to digest and consume on your own schedule. I'm taking my expertise in the areas of film, television, animation, marketing, publishing, licensing, sales, and more to teach you best practices from across the board. But you don't have to take my word for it. You'll hear from leading industry pros with time-saving tips to help you advance your career forward in half the time. For those of you who want a deeper dive, you can join the many dozens, soon to be hundreds, of students with our masterclass, The Expert Process. Now, the cool thing is it's an app you can download on your phone and work on your own time. Just go to theexpertprocess.com to sign up for it or an upcoming webinar today. And thank you for bearing with me as I retool the podcast for both video and audio to meet the demands of the COVID pandemic. Now, on to the show. So everyone, I'm pleased to have on the show today a gentleman I met in Santa Monica about six or seven years ago. It's been a while. Uh, we hadn't been in contact for a while, but I reconnected with this gentleman, Mr. Bruno Chatlin, and he is actually speaking to us from Paris, France. And Bruno is a what you would call a film marketing uh, communications expert. He is also what I would call basically a... Um, a film festival expert. He is the founder of filmfestivals.com. He has a number of different titles under his belt as far as the different advisory boards that he serves. He was at one point um, with Sony and Fox Studios. He was the head there. So Bruno, welcome to the show. Tell us a little about your background and thank you so much for coming on. Hi, Dorothy. Nice to meet you guys. And uh, I'm talking to People haven't, uh, I, I don't know, but I always love to share. So, uh, yes, we, we met in, uh, in AFM. And I'll, uh, the first thing I want to do uh, to show how uh, I want to take this uh, conversation is, is I'll try to give you, you guys, you filmmakers, as many tips as possible. Tips that will help you look good and look professional and look like uh, anyone in the industry can actually... Uh, uh, enter in conversation. When you meet, when you see someone you really want to talk to because you have a project in your pocket, you have a DVD, you have a card, you have a leaflet, a flyer, a postcard, whatever, uh, 
the the entry it's all always kind of a you may be shy and don't, don't dare approach someone like Steven Spielberg or who is someone like high caliber. Well, I'll give you one trick. It works. Just go there, shake hands and say, hi, Steven, we met in Cannes. <laughs> right. I swear right. that was one of my first lessons when I joined the studio. My, it was my first Cannes, I think 35 years ago, my boss, I was marketing director at the time and my boss, his name was Steve. Uh, and we were sitting in the in the uh, in the in the Cannes film in the Cannes uh, theater, uh, two thousand eight hundred seats. On the we were in the best rows, and in front of us was Steven Spielberg. At the end of the show, uh, Steve, my my boss friend, tapped his uh, shoulder and say, "Hi, Steven. I'm Steve. Uh, we met in Cannes." And they started, they engaged the conversation, meet Bruno, blah, 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 right. blah, blah, blah. So after the conversation, I asked Steve, hey, is that true? You really met Steven Spielberg? Say no. He said to me, <laughs> no, but uh, there's no way he could think uh, that was not true because uh, you meet so many people in That's these right. events, in AFM, in, in Berlin, in, uh, in Toronto. So anyone uh, <laughs> who wants to bluff a little bit and show an ace in his cards <laughs> try that yes. so what what so what can i tell because my background is uh, it's, a, it's a long story but, but let's see if i can make it short first i have a business background i should say which is the the leading uh, biggest uh, business school in france um five six years uh of uh, studies and uh, after that I wanted to work in advertising because it's fun so that's how I got my training. Uh, what's important in advertising it, it teaches you to uh, to understand things you've never done before to and become an expert to to the extent that you can start giving advice to people that have been doing that job for or doing uh, that job for, for uh, uh, decades. In other words, uh, you're paid to give advice and you it's your job to find your way around understanding how their business is working and what they should be doing to be smarter than their competition. So I've, I found this as very, very good education. I was then uh, approached by, we call them headhunter. I don't know what the search film firm. Yeah, so same here, some, same here. Yeah, someone who looked for uh, the person that would be uh, the next marketing director for Sony. Uh, at the time it was uh, Columbia TriStar. And um, I got the job and uh, I got lucky. Uh, and I'll give you another uh, reason, explain a tip on how and why I got lucky. Um, I got lucky because uh, I managed to gain the confidence of my, my bosses of the studios uh, in LA by uh, telling them uh, this thing will not work that way. You cannot sell this film. This strategy does not apply for us. We think differently. We don't know. We don't have the same references. Anyway, what I mean is, uh, a film needs a strategy and, and it really needs the best strategy that, that makes sense for the local audience. And uh, you do not sell Batman uh, to American audience or uh, 
French audience the same way. Things don't work the same and, and you have to adapt. And uh, I got big fights, uh, mainly for, I do remember one big fight with uh, uh, Terry Gilliams, the, Bar the Adventures of the Baron of Munchausen. And uh, basically, um, uh, the studios were very embarrassed because it was almost going to bankrupt the company. Uh, it has gone so much of a budget and uh, the, the studio had changed the uh, leadership and, and chief uh, studio executive and it was a mess. And the, the, the approach they wanted us to uh, take was uh, let's sell this film as a, um, as a hip movie for young adults that like the Monty Python. So basically uh, young adults, uh, 20 to 35 or something like that. And I told her, no, 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 not at all. No, that's a, a film like Spielberg is seven to 77 for everyone. It's an entertainment in uh, adventure. And uh, I designed the campaign. Uh, I, I won't explain why, because it's how I, I got to that, but basically, um, I begged them to do a qualitative research, which showed that our approach, the French one, uh, played much better and, and significantly better than the uh, American and, and UK approach. And they still said yes, but no. I begged again to the head of the studio and say, well, I don't believe that qualitative. Let's do quantitative testing. Let's have more cases. And he agreed, and uh, it showed uh, our approach uh, won again, um, and they agreed, they said, all right, okay, Bruno, go with your, your strategy, and the most important thing, and the end of my story is, uh, we were number one at the box office for eight consecutive weeks, and the only country in the world where this happened, even in Germany, which was like the, the home of the Baron. It, it flopped. So, and I had a couple of other so stories. So basically, sure. they understood that yeah, they should listen to what we were saying when we when we were telling them we should try something else, and that meant uh, that I did not have to spend like my friends at Warner's uh, months and months trying to convince with paperwork and basically in a in a in a in a that job is about speed and it's worse now because uh, we release day and date. So basically uh, you need to go directly what, where your uh, instinct and vision tells you to go instead of losing three months and in, 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 in what strategy should we adapt? Because of course you understand that in France uh, we have to translate things, translate the dub, the film, put subtitles, create our own tools, etc. So that takes time and uh, and you want to make the, the time, the usage of that time uh, to the best, like, uh, uh, like come to the smart strategy. So yes, uh, I, I got lucky. I got lots of uh, stories like these to tell where films uh, flopped in the US and were successes in France. And then I had the very big success uh, with the Boys in the Hood. Uh, the film with her, uh, the film that launched the career of uh, John Singleton, and yeah. I, I think we're talking '95 or something. Yeah, that's right. Did Did you meet John? Of course. Yeah, I mean, he came to Cannes before anything else. He hmm. 
they trusted the film to be uh, showing premiering in Cannes. So basically, uh, John came in, in Cannes and we decided to invite as well Ice Cube and his his, uh, his uh, scratchers and uh, and uh, we we built so uh, before anyone in the world saw the movie um, they sent uh, the film to to my office in France because I was in contact with Cannes Film Festival and uh, they say hey try Cannes say wow <laughs> first time director uh, right. Yeah, no, that's but, bold, but let's try it. And the, and the the answer came back saying, yes, you're in. Wow. But the, the answer came very early, something like early February, instead mm -hmm. of usually the films are announced mid-April. So that time, and probably it's because I had been in the advertising business, I reacted in a way saying, look, I don't know anything about black cinema. I don't right. know shit. I... I know about exploitation, about shaft, about uh, right, I mean, right. right action, and but this is very different. So bring me. I asked my press attaché, try to find me someone who is an expert, and, let, and let's talk. And she found a journalist, and we showed the film to him first, first person in the world. And the guy came out crying and said, "Oh my God, that is Orson Welles! Wow." I said, mm. yes. <laughs> and from that moment, like in February until May, uh, we worked. We worked hard to make, to come up with the smartest, legitimate marketing campaign. Just to give you an example, instead of taking posters, we, I mean, when you're a studio, you buy, studio, you buy uh, big posters on the croisette, which we did. But instead of printing posters, I decided to get graffiti artists and 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 have their do live graffiti uh, with the uh, an artwork we we created. So basically, it was a kind of something authentic, and we found very good artists, etc. We decided the the film was uh, had a lot of rap, and in in Europe, rap was nothing in '95. So we said, let's uh, let's do a party where uh, we introduce rap, we introduce the artist because Ice Cube was an amazing uh, actor as well as being a great uh, early rapper. So, but we said these people with their tuxedo, they, they are from an age group and segment that will not understand and will not like it. So let's make something really special about this party. And instead of doing a, a regular can type of party with a uh, champagne and stuff. I, I, I booked a, uh, a club, uh, got them to perform. And at the entrance, there was a crazy clown, uh, Django Edwards, crazy Canadian clown. And basically he was, uh, I mean, he got people in the right, he broke the eyes, put them in okay. the right mood so that people wouldn't understand. Anyway, long story short, uh, big success. The, the, the film, which we built the audience significantly. Uh, we, are, we got from the festival the right to get people from the bad suburbs, from the tough suburbs of Cannes and, uh, and kids. And so basically not festival goers, but real people. Gotcha. And, and we also got all the black community like uh, Gregory Hines and uh, uh, Eddie Murphy. Uh, I mean, any, they all were together sticking uh, and, 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 and supporting uh, uh, 
um, uh, John, and uh, we had to turn down about 1,500 people. There was so much demand, so many people who wanted to come into the theater that we turned down people. And that was one good sign of uh, of the reception. And uh, at the end of the can, the, the head of the studio, Frank Price, um, when, I, when we shook hands saying goodbye, he said, Bruno, thank you. And thank all your team, you did great. And uh, I'm gonna change the box office estimate. Uh, we had 30 million for plan for the US uh, box office. I'm gonna change that to 50. It made 57. Wow. That, that meant this handshake was basically that guy telling me, thanks to your job, thanks to Can and your job, things we did, uh, the studio is going to make 50 million at least worldwide. Wow. And wow. It, I mean, it happened. And we, the campaign we made, we invented for Cannes was uh, then brought to the world. So that that's luck, hard work, and repetition of uh, of uh, of the path that uh, follow your instinct. Right. The first thing I heard you say was you guys, well, in in respect to your career, but as well as the that that specific incident or specific episode with John. First off, you challenged the system, it sounds like to me. You challenged the system with different ways of thinking, thinking outside the box, um, yes. being creative, and as well as uh, really, I think, having, uh, you know, having to be kind of direct and kind of strong in your beliefs because you said that the way that studio wanted to do it you, you knew wasn't going to work. So you had to kind of stand on your belief yeah. system and what you knew to be correct and actually panned out for you time and time again, which is what elevated you through the system. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Yeah. Okay. But I then, don't want to take all the credit, you know, because oh, no, you're saying about me, John did the same. He he spoke out of the box. He was, sure. he got a grant to go to school and, and what started his career it, it's not Bruno Schattler, it's him tapping on the shoulder uh, of, of my boss, who was his teacher, uh, Peter Guber, and say, Peter, I have a story. And he, the way he pitched, I don't know about that. I, he never told me how he pitched, but at the end of the, co uh, of the discussion, Peter told him, hey, talk to Stephanie Ellen. And Stephanie was in charge of what they had started in at Sony called the ethnic studio. Uh, kind of branch, thinking mm. crowds, thinking groups. They had been very successful with La Bamba uh, selling to the Latino community. So they started uh, thinking we should be, we should have people that understand these things right. and that can help develop. So the, right. what I want to say is everyone will, like you just said, saying, yeah, uh, independence, they don't have millions to fly to Cannes and do things. But what my point here is, is uh, everything has been bold. Right. I mean, uh, John had had some balls, but also he had some great ideas. Do something different that tell the world that what happens in South Central LA is not just about drugs or or, or pimps or you. It's it's about education and. Uh, and there was a social message there that the world could understand. And there was a different movie there. The other thing I, I want to say is uh, it's, it's, it's about being true. Mm, yes. uh, 
and also coming up with a vision. That's that's something you picked up. And the last component, the reason I've told that story in, in detail, and believe me, there are many more details, is that film festival can build that. The reason right. I'm saying that story is like field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. But think of it first. So. Uh, yes, think that a festival can change your career. You know the end of a story, like uh, uh, John was nominated twice to uh, the sure. Oscar, the youngest director ever, and, and got to make films he wanted after that. Right, so, right. And yes, I was so proud and happy to work with him because that's a one-in-a-lifetime story for me as a marketer. Sure. Sure. It had never happened to me that I could actually understand that, yes, if I was doing my job right, I could put a figure in front of it. Like someone would say, yeah, Bruno, you did great. That's not enough. I mean, I'm a very logical person and I like to understand. So basically I had someone who gave me a figure. Yeah, the, 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 the film festival contribution, the buzz, the goodwill, the etc., was worth uh, that much. And uh, what that was my first uh, reward. My second reward was having last year, as you mentioned, he passed, John passed uh, like two weeks before can happened. And, uh, and uh, they decided to play his movie on the beach. And I put this on my website on filmfestivals.com. And I had, I had, uh, uh, had Justice Singleton, his oldest uh, daughter who, somehow read that and emailed me. <laughs> oh, hey, wow. I hear something is happening. And I said, yeah, they're doing this and how, and you know what, if you take a plane and come, I'll, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do things together and I'll tell you what I, how I worked with uh, John in Cannes, what we did, how we did it and how it launches career. And, and we can do a panel here, a panel there. And, uh, and we had that, I mean, she decided to take a plane and, uh, and um, the festival organizers uh, kind of uh, made things happen for us. She, I, I organized for her to walk on the red carpet. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and a big That's group nice. of people. I invited friends and all that, sure. small group. And at one moment, you know, it's a very strong organization. At one moment, uh, we were at the bottom of the red carpet and the guy with the talkie, uh, walkie signed me and said, all right, she can go now. So I said, uh, Justin, now you go. And she walked alone on the red carpet. And at that very moment, I had sent uh, the festival the music, like the theme of uh, of, uh, <laughs> of of uh, Boys in the Hood. I can't recall oh, the name. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. I know it's somehow. And it's dramatic, you know, it's yeah, strong, yeah. it's like heavy, it's, yeah. it's amazing. And she told me after that, say, ah, and she didn't know that. She said, yeah. I didn't know whether I would like start uh, becoming a found, living fountain and tearing or just hang on and, and, and think of my dad and sure. what she did. And, uh, and after that, we were guests, I mean, uh, Thierry Frémaux, the head of Cannes, I told me, yeah, all right, you have the terrace there and, I, and you'll, I'll, I'll get you a cocktail party for your group. We were maybe 30 of us. And guess who's coming at, the co at this cocktail with a great view? 
Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> so, and after that, uh, another friend, it's what I want to say, it's, I could describe that, but basically it has been a fairy tale from the moment uh, John Singleton tapped on his shoulder of his teacher till yeah. even that, because uh, Justice Singleton told me, I'll, I'll recall the words exactly, uh, Bruno, I want you to know you made my day the way you made my dad's. Wow. That's special. Wow. I mean, that can yeah. kind of puts your hair. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How old is she? I mean, it's, it's amazing. Oh, uh, well, she's probably uh, 27 or something. Okay. Because I remember seeing pictures, but I didn't, I, I, I wasn't certain how she was, but. You're listening to the Expert Process Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment after we thank our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Airbnb. Malcolm and his friends left L.A. for a weekend at Asher's house and found themselves in 1974. Shag carpet, blue velvet wallpaper, chairs from outer space, and a sudden realization that just because you were born in the wrong decade doesn't mean you have to stay there. So, do yourself a favor and try it out. Use my promo code to save yourself $55 off your first adventure. Go to bit.ly, that's bit.ly, forward slash expert process Airbnb. Now back to the show. But yeah, to go back to your, the other thing I wanted to mention, which is your ability to think outside the box, man. I mean, so you, what you told us is your experience as a marketer plays into or played into basically everything that you've done, but it's not just your experience as a marketer. It is um, basically how you think, which is you think outside the box. You think you try to look at, I think, things strategically so that you i guess you can you can work within whatever the parameters are or work outside yeah. the parameters right and that to me is it seems to be your greatest asset because everything you you're telling us with regard to your movement through the studio systems with fox and with sony but now also you were you had the fortitude to start uh filmfestivals.com you were telling me a little earlier that you're one of the co-founders of the um uh, of sanando um, which a lot of folks don't know what Sanando is, but I'll let you share with them what it is. But it, it, Sanando is huge. I mean, that that as you said, yeah. Sanando and Khan are basically one and the same, really. But all yeah. those things, you know, it, it really speaks to your to me. It speaks to your credibility and speaks to your your fortitude to think ahead and kind of see the market really kind of before it happens. Does, does that sound about right? Yeah, I, I want to say two things. Uh, one, I did not co-found. I was an early adopter of Sinando. There you go. My apologies. I've been, yes. I've been, I've been a partner, and a, but no, um, I'm not the founder. And because Sinando is can, and gotcha. strictly can, <laughs> that's another story. Um, also, what you said about my way of thinking is uh, sounds for me as like a must or very natural because when you are a film marketer, and that's what a, a distributor is. Uh, you have to think of outside the box because each movie is different. You, it would be stupid. That's the first thing I found very surprising when I joined from my advertising days into film 
marketing they called me yeah you you don't you don't almost don't belong here because you come from the commercials yeah but uh, so they were thinking say how how why are you constantly trying to get your film on television on publicity with interview why because tv is the enemy that was the state of thinking of my colleagues uh, when i started they were thinking the tv as an enemy one thing you should know is uh, in france you are not allowed to buy commercials for film on tv oh wow okay which is the number one medium in the, in the us Yes. You're not allowed for for lobby repurpose and reason and uh, and protection from the uh, dailies and and postering. Poster is big in France, so basically, you're not allowed. But that is being the most important medium. It's like if you are running for president in a campaign and you only have uh, and you decided to cut one arm. How can you shake hands with only one hand? Right. Uh, so it's very hard and therefore the French have to be more creative and of course one of the national sport for distributors was how can we get noticed I mean after a couple of years when they understood that TV was not the enemy and and basically I contributed to that because uh, every time I was uh, releasing a movie I would be interviewed by Le Film Français, the national trade publication, like Variety for French people. And I would explain how I did it, what tricks, what strategies, how I implemented, what I was, uh, what type of interviews, what type of emissions and prints or TV shows I would uh, expose the, the, the talent that would come to uh, support the movie and I was and I was saying yeah I'm not scared of showing all my tricks because I know that the next movie is going to be a different story right I'm not banking I'm not duplicating you film is not about duplication even the t2 was different from Terminator and uh, and uh, I worked uh, on both and Rambo I did the uh, Rambo 2 free <laughs> whatever anyway each one was a different story so it's all about uh, doing what's best Right. And uh, out of the box, if you will, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, just uh, uh, an attitude you have to, to have. But I would say now, well, I've been talking now as a film distributor, someone very privileged uh, in a, a company that had lots of money uh, to uh, hire talented people around you. Right. So I had right. a marketing team of six, seven. That's not the right. case of any filmmaker we're dealing in the indie world. So what I learned that applies for them is the fact that you have to believe uh, team is the most important thing uh, you can uh, you can you can own. And most filmmakers know that story and and decide they will continue to work with the guys who did their. A DOP or sound or you name it because they found they they had a good teamwork and blah 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 but when it comes to marketing and 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 selling the movie uh, you have to understand that that is not your job that is not in most cases your expertise so you should trust other people and mostly be uh, uh, open for discussion and I'm not saying that a producer, a director, 
cannot have a marketing mind. That's not true. They, some of them have, or they can have good ideas. What's important is that they realize that it's a dialogue. And uh, someone who comes in with an experience probably ha might have more weight into decision making. So other things I, I like to say to illustrate that is the best experience in my career working with other people was uh, when, I, when I was capable of, doing, of building a dialogue. In other words, it applies for me. I'm, I'm, I'm not always right. Uh, right. I need someone to confront and say, what if? And then sure. it's like a like going up the stairs, not lift. It's not a lift. It's not an elevator. It's a stairs, step by step. I remember working with the best uh, uh, producer in France of, uh, of French comedies. Unfortunately, the guy passed. His name was uh, Christian Fischner. He produced... Uh, the biggest French comedies and I mean, huge box office successes. And uh, when I worked with him, uh, he committed to, to free films. And the first one that we did was pretty bad. Mm. And, uh, and uh, it started with the poster. It, I, I did not know, but I found out later that uh, his brother was an actor and a wannabe artist designer. So the first meeting I had with the producer, he shows a poster. It was stinking like hell, like old fashioned, like 70s, that really bad poster. And so that's one thing where I learned in advertising and said, instead of saying that is shit, that is bad. I said, mm, I think uh, there's some things that are wrong and we could try to eliminate that and make it better doing this or that or that. Okay, let's not kill this idea immediately. I think it's not good, but we could <laughs> try that. Right. But now I have this idea. We should try this. And uh, I saw the, the relief in my, my the guy and understood later because it was his brother's right. art and he needed some basically – he, he challenged and we got better, each of us, because he was capable of bringing creative ideas. That's what a, a producer is good at, is bringing a, a creative ideas and, and, and trusting dialogue, trusting that the person in front of him uh, was someone uh, who could actually be uh, more right than he can be. So it's about knowing that you don't know. And uh, But in another hand, um, I'm going back to John Singleton. It's also about um, knowing your limits and 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 uh, having gone through processes where you know that you should trust your vision. Yes. Because everyone in this industry does that for a purpose because they have this in their guts. They want to make it. They think it's a film uh, that will please the audiences, and they, that's a very important question. Is is a how sure are you that this story, which is very personal, is is more than a story for you, but also a story for you and your neighbors and your friends and your sure. family, and they like it. It's a, it's more than the story for two people. It's a, so it's a, it's about a, a, it's about knowing at what stage uh, uh, you've experienced that your vision was. Uh, uh, because, for instance, uh, what I learned in my advertising days is I 
sometimes I would shut up. I, I heard my client say things, my bosses, creative directors in terms of creation, they were the direct, the, 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 the and said, shit, that doesn't sound good. And, uh, and, um, and I shut up because I was only a account director or account supervisor, account manager, blah, blah, blah. And then I started thinking, all right, I now have stature where I can say. And uh, so one day, uh, so I learned that some moments I should not shut up and, and share and, and put my guts on the table. One day I had a very good explanation uh, uh, of, of that. Uh, I was, uh, when I stopped working for majors, uh, I was hired by uh, the biggest uh, advertising agency called DDB, the Doyle DDB, OMD is one of the number one or two advertising agency in the world. And they had the client, uh, as a client, they had the World Soccer Cup, which was happening in France. Okay. And they, they, they asked me to come on board and say, and tell me, told me, look, we have a problem here. No one gives a damn. And there's a chance that we miss that opportunity to show how France is good at organizing and, and, and also the benefits of, of the communion of, of, of the people in front of, of an event like that, that can bring people together, like COVID is bringing people together somehow. And, uh, but the people in front of us, our client did not really understand that. And uh, I remember that meeting with the head of international, the big boss, the number two of DDB worldwide in front of the marketing director of uh, the World Cup organization and myself, three of us. And I tell them, we want people to come down in the street. We want the French in the street. And the marketing director of the World Cup say, Bruno, why? That's not our job. No, we're here to sell tickets and to sell sponsorship to McDonald's and Coca-Cola. That's not our job. We don't care about that. And and I I didn't go anything anywhere beyond, but my boss there, the head of DDB, insulted him and said, You're an asshole. How can you say something so stupid? I mean, <laughs> wow. this is such an opportunity. And that, of course, I wouldn't ever, ever, ever call someone <laughs> I work with a client, an right. asshole, you know? <laughs> right. And after that, he told me, Bruno, this is it. You stop, you're not talking to these people anymore. The only person you will be talking from now on will be Platini, like the head of the World Cup organization, FIFA, and mm. his managing director. Everyone below, communication director, PR director, marketing director, fuck them, ignore them. <laughs> mm. Wow. So, I mean, that's about, and of course he was right. He was right. It was an amazing opportunity and the people got down in the street because we won, so we won because of a good, of a great team we had, not because of, uh, of the things we he and I did for the, that communication. But that that was uh, also a strong lesson: is uh, uh, well, believe your instinct to some 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 uh, some extent. If you and uh, and then the, the specifics about the film uh, job is 
once you have that instinct, you it's very important that you have the people around you that help you put it down to every detail. Yeah, it and you know, I was gonna say, to be I was gonna say, um, the you mentioned about about the about the instinct and about the vision, but the other thing is hiring the right people that can see yes. can see your vision because that's one thing I've experienced is. You can assemble a team, but if the team doesn't see your vision, it, it really all of your directors, right? All well, of your, it's all about, of your it's department about sharing. It's not, it's not only seeing. I mean, if you hire people, you want them not only to see, but to understand yes. and to implement, go a step yes. beyond. Yes. Because uh, you can't do everything on your own. So you can't do it. That's right. Yeah. So you have to, you have to show them that first your vision has has some values right show them some credential look you followed me here we did this we became number one uh we had that kind of success this one flopped we changed it it worked etc so and then uh you have to something really important if you mentioned the teamwork is uh uh not only sharing but protecting that yes. vision, you know, yes. there's some very, very, very uh, dangerous element with creativity, which is stress. Yes. If, if someone around you in your team gets stressed, gets some kind of pressure that puts him at stress, you'll see his level of creativity like a vanish. And it's your job uh, uh, if you if, if they work for you, you know. Uh, it's your job to kind of uh, protect people from stress, cover up. Sure. And that's what I was uh, doing. I, I have a, a funny story about that because stress is so contagious. Oh, my, we were, it's, like, it's cancer. Stress is cancer. Yeah. So one, one example, uh, how stress can lead you to do some crazy shit. So mm. one example, we had uh, Dustin Hoffman in France for a movie by Stephen Frears called uh, Hero. And uh, we got him into a show that was a live show in France, one hour long. And there was the, the publicity director coming up straight from LA. She was stressed and she was probably jet lagged and she was drinking. Oh. And she started, she was in the edit room. We were all backstage. Things were shot live. And we were in the edit room and with the technicians. And her stress started being so contagious because she was basically concerned that the guy who was interviewing Dustin Hoffman was too friendly, making jokes and, and oh. French jokes and dirty jokes almost. And, and he was, and Dustin was having a great time. <laughs> so at the break, uh, she, she was so on the nerve, like eating her nails and all of that saying, Bruno, maybe I think we have to stop this. Can you believe it? A one hour show stop in the middle because someone thinks it may be the guy is not unhappy. I mean, he's, <laughs> they're professionals. So, and she wanted me. So I went to Dustin. Hoffman and say, Dustin, are you comfortable with the show? Are you okay? Do you want to stop? And he looked at me as if I was totally crazy. <laughs> stop. This is live, man. 
So we continued. And after the, the, sh the show stopped, they, he stayed an hour and told jokes to everyone. And it was an amazing moment. And that girl was uh, just, uh, I mean, that the job of the publicity directors in the studio is, uh, is like that because they, they can be fired uh, in, a, in a moment. So they were concerned that maybe something. So anyway, so stress, mm. ban stress. Oh, yeah. Stress. That's your job. Oh yeah, definitely. So let me ask you this. So you, you mentioned that your job, as you um, outlined earlier in the studio system compared to dealing with the indies, with us, us guys that don't have a bankroll behind us um, to be able to finance, you know, a publicity tour, marketing tour, stuff like that. But you also mentioned that you, um, you, represent agency for independent filmmakers, especially as it pertains to the international market, getting their films out into the inter international market. And we also discussed earlier um, about how in the indie filmmakers, we get financed any number of different ways, whether it's credit cards, grandma, you know, <laughs> putting a second mortgage in our home, selling our cars, whatever it is, you know. But that all being said, what is your experience when you juxtapose the your your prior life in the studio system to that now and dealing with the indies and and and, and independence what is that experience like for you now and, and what is it that you can share with these independents um these folks you know that oh. are within my audience yeah. is like you know what what is it what is it that we uh you know what that we can glean from that yeah i think uh I'll answer from my perspective because it's easier. But uh, um, the the reason uh, we are successful is because they they understand fast that they can trust me because gotcha. of of the background I expose to them when I say, oh, in that situation, I did this or that. So basically. They understand that I, I come with a, a lot of experience. They also understand that I, I know so many film festivals, having been in so many uh, situations in festivals around the world. I know thousands of festival directors. I have a database of 12,000 or 13,000, I can't even recall. Uh, these people like filmfestivals.com, they have heard about the festival, the, the website, they have heard about me. So there's a little bit of franchise. So basically all of this uh, looks like uh, someone with an experience of very uh, important or more uh, fluent, not fluent, but a wealthy situation. Films are more expensive movies. Uh, uh, what I'm saying is it's, I'm, I'm uh, getting a, a faster access to them when it comes to convincing them that a the title doesn't work or the catch line uh, let's try this one or uh, change the edit the film is too long the beginning is too slow uh, and uh, in some cases uh, I I mean, many people would, would be uh, scared of telling those things. No, your performance in the beginning of that first scene is, is too slow. Uh, it's, it's a horror movie. It should be more impact. Let's cut. 
and it happens to me. And I, uh, I remember the sales agent uh, did not even dare say that to her client. Mm. And uh, I was, because I'm a consultant and, and I come with experience and I can relate to examples. I said, in this case, I did this and it worked that and, and we were successful. They say, all right, then he's been in my shoes already and I should listen to him. So I'm, uh, I'm being successful um, because there's no politics. It's just uh, convincing and, and discussion and, uh, and teamwork. Um, it's, getting, uh, it's getting faster to a core line of dialogue where we can go to the most essential things and, uh, and, and, and come up with the right strategy or what fits best and also be uh, uh, pragmatic about it because uh, there is no such thing as a common path to uh, addressing, uh, designing your festival strategy or your sales strategy. It's, uh, it's also always a mixture of uh, what comes up, what, what uh, uh, it's uh, sometimes a fairy tale, but it's also uh, reacting to facts of life. So, so your film has been selected to um, that film festival, all right, then let's give it. We have a starting point and it's a strong starting point. So there's one thing that we don't have to take care of, uh, of to worry about, which is which is going to be our opening film festival. Because every filmmaker I speak, even though they have never been to Cannes or Toronto, or they think the film is something, hey, don't you think we should show it to Cannes or yeah. no Cannes doesn't take any any kind of film I mean there's a um, so if you tell them I don't think it's a film for Cannes because you are not Tarantino and you don't have Brad Pitt in it nor uh, no Leonardo DiCaprio mm. uh, all right then I want an A festival and um, so these kind of uh, dogmas can be da very dangerous. They can mm. be uh, very stupid if you think you have to wait for the answer for the festival and lose nine months, for instance, because of the timing. Um, and, and in the meantime, you refuse the B or C category film festivals, then you're done. You, 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 because they, you only have a there's a timestamp on the festival film. Uh, basically, your film can only play for a certain duration. After that, the festival programmers will consider it at old meat, right. dead meat, cold right. meat. I learned that with and the markets. The markets are the same way. Yeah. So, and as far as market also, uh, it's important when you discuss on the international scene, uh, to say, yeah, my film was released in my country. You're listening to the Expert Process Podcast. We'll be back in just a moment after we thank our sponsors. Recently, I read an article about student enrollment in traditional colleges is way down and online course enrollment is through the roof. With podcasts like this, you not only get free developmental information, you also get access to resources you wouldn't have otherwise. But if you really want to take your film game to the next level, you should consider taking my online masterclass. 
It's 42 online video modules for more than 50 hours of self-study, complete with a full suite of resources. It's also live coaching and instruction for me and other industry professionals. People say, but Durante, why are you doing this? And I tell them, it's just my way of giving back. So, if you're serious about wanting to level up your film game, register for the free informational webinar today at theexpertprocess.com. Again, if you want to write a script, make a movie, sell a movie, or just learn how to get into the industry, this webinar is for you. I want to keep the groups fairly small. So sign up today because space is truly limited. Go to theexpertprocess.com and register today. Now back to the show. If you're uh, uh, an Indian filmmaker, I want to know that your film has been released in your country. If you have not been successful to play your film where your target is more likely to like your movie, then I'm concerned. Uh, so these are things that are kind of natural elements. So my role when I come in is to play with this, say, okay, um, uh, the, the, the film uh, uh, has a theatrical release in your country. That's great. We'll can bank with that. Is th this, uh, this is checked. Next one is what's your next festival? The best, the bigger festival opening, which one? All right, check. That's good one. Uh, you don't need for that type of movie. You do not need a uh, one of the ten best festivals to play your films because they will not likely like it. So don't bother. Go for the distance. Go for the numbers. You need. It's a good thing to have plenty of laurels on the poster. Go for the numbers. Uh, let's ha let's try to have as many film festivals as possible, small, medium, or, or very tiny, doesn't matter, many. Mm. Uh, because uh, festival is one of the very important components, a place where things can happen. Sure. Uh, you can meet, really, Spielberg, you can meet your sales agent, you can have a lunch with, drink with, and realize uh, you can maybe make a movie together. Sure. Uh, so these are places where you learn, um, you must listen to what other people are telling you from their film, from your film, the way they perceive your movie, and uh, consider that as a training experience, like a, a graduation. Right. <clears throat> it's very important. Just like another element I want to share is the first time director. Making a first film is very important. That is a, it's a very specific moment because uh, some journalists love recognizing, discovering the next Orson Welles. Remember my story about uh, John Singleton? Yes. How he got lucky? Well, he got lucky all the way, all the way. And it, I, I, I'm telling you, part of it is first time director. Mm. Believe me, the second film is difficult, but put everything you can on the first one and, and, uh, hire the people that will understand it's very important and and, and bring value and add value, etc. It's a specific moment. Got you. Let me ask you this. With respect to getting movies sold now versus, you know, in the past, now it seems a lot... I, I think the market seems more saturated and it seems uh, to be more challenging because everything now seems to be a, a shifted to online or streaming or all the different streaming platforms 
the DVD box office isn't the same. You know, the different ancillaries have changed. So how do you navigate that now? Uh, yeah, you're right. The, 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 the streaming is, is getting, uh, of course, more and more important. And uh, theatrical distribution is something for the happy few. Um, DVD is dead, mostly. So you're left with uh, people who can see your film either online or in the film festival. And, and both are extremely important. And uh, so festival we've dealt. Uh, regarding uh, online, I think uh, self-distribution is now possible, but uh, probably uh, a, a, a big limit. I don't think it's very easy for any independent filmmaker to be on his own and being capable of selling to to um, iTunes or Amazon Prime or Netflix or whatever, it's it's not easy. So, still uh, needs the help of professional people with catalog, the famous sales agents, because they have the connections and they sure. they will tell you that the income are fluctuate. Fl I mean. Uh, uh, smaller, et cetera, et cetera. But what's very important is, is that the filmmaker uh, can continue to make films. It's probably, I understand people want to make money out of it, but what's more important is, is that they can be capable of, they have the opportunity to continue. So that requires being, ex being exposed, having exposure, having awards, having a, in your resume, something that says, yeah, my previous movie was on that platform, even though it doesn't make much, even though you make a few thousand. So basically it's about being smart in, in getting the money uh, to an extent that it doesn't put you in, 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 a, in danger zone, financial, but uh, you make whatever it takes to be uh, uh, to have the maximum chances of continuing making more. Uh, because uh, when you start having a catalog, you have a, a little bit more hopes of being, uh, uh, well, uh, successful. What I've seen is, and especially in talking with um, so many filmmakers with this platform, what I've seen is, a lot of filmmakers who start, so as you're as you're alluding to, first-time filmmakers, um, a lot of them unfortunately don't understand that what the objective should be is longevity, right? But then the ones that are successful, that what they've done is they've used that first film as a launching pad to um, earn a space in the industry, whether that's in you know, behind the camera or in front of the camera, whatever that might be, but they've used that as a launching pad to, um, you know, to, to have continued work um, in whatever, whatever facet that they've, you know, kind of settled on. And I think that's what I'm hearing a lot from you is, you know, that first film, you put all of your eggs in that basket to push it as hard as you can, because you never know where that can take you for one, because it could be that John Singleton, that, you know, that magical egg or something like that. But also, 
even if it isn't, then it will hopefully help to create additional opportunities for you. Does that sound, does that sound correct? Yes, of course. It, and it's about network. And, and we're coming back to the word team, yes. the big word, the big word. And, uh, and, um, and fairy tales, it's about opportunities because, uh, uh, stories happen in conversation like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. I love that idea. I've worked on this and let's, all right, let's do it together. Let's, uh, um uh, let's i have a script here and uh whatever i mean uh, uh i'm always fascinated when i see in these film festivals uh, conversations uh, uh people exchange and of course they start by oh yeah nice movie you did a great job blah 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 and how did you start and how did, hey by the way how did you get your funded how did you and they start exchanging tips and then they get to know each other better and uh and if you are smart and curious, and uh, it leads you to somewhere where you, you when you leave the festival, you've learned and you made the step in your career towards doing something else, meeting with some, uh, having a job there, or you know, I have lots of people uh, that come to me, uh, actors, so. That's something I really uh, cannot help much because I help filmmakers, producers, directors say, yeah, I can get you a sales agent or I can connect you with, uh, um, with buyers and see how, we how successful we are. But when it comes to uh, actors or actresses, it's hard. I don't have much to say. So the only thing I tell them, uh, I personally, I cannot give you a job. I don't know anyone who can give you a job uh, because uh, people that are working on films do not necessarily talk to me about the casting uh, choices they have in their mind. The only thing I can offer you is a piece of opportunity, a place of opportunity, a moment of opportunity where you can be visible. So basically I tell them, uh, Hey, I'll make you a filmfestivals.com correspondent. You can pretend. If you can write, take a picture or shoot a little video and make an interview, uh, I'm happy to have you uh, as a film festival correspondent. I'll get you accredited in the film festival somewhere in the world. And uh, you can say, hey, hi, Steven, Mr. Spielberg, I'm uh, I'm uh, Michael Jackson and I'm, I, <laughs> I, I write for uh, filmfestivals.com. You have five minutes for an interview and usually yeah. it works. Yeah. So now if they are smart, if yeah. Michael or whoever is smart at the end of the conversation, if the question he had were not so stupid and, and smart, the one like the good conversation we're having, then at the end, it's your their choice of of, of of saying, oh, by the way, I loved your work here. I love what you did and it reminds me of a project or I have this, I want to do that. And that's the John Singles story. Right. So it's about uh, being in the right place where opportunities can, can meet. That's, uh, that's yeah. uh, things yeah. I, I like to do.
Yeah, no, that's important. Like I said, that's how we met. I mean, you know, the, the American film market, I was uh, told by one of my mentors, hey, you got to get to the American film market if you want to be a serious filmmaker. Um, you, once you get your film produced, once you get it done, you need to get out there and go see who you can meet to get your film sold, you know? So, yeah, it's, yeah. Um, I, you know, I try to explain to folks, you have to leave your comfort zone. You've got to get outside of your own personal network and you've got to meet new people. And when you do that, yeah. good things happen, you know? But it's hard. I mean, people, uh, uh, I mean, I was shy when I started that. But I remember the first time I went in front of the camera, because I, I got to be interviewed a lot. Well, I, I, I would go for a shot of rum and <laughs> or cognac and, and, and be more comfortable with. But, but uh, um, so I, I've never, I could not think of a way to approach someone that I think might be important for my job, my career. It's hard to say, hey, can you give me a job? I have, I'm a filmmaker, I have a script. Can you give me money, produce, blah, blah, blah. But going in front of someone and saying to him, uh, you have five minutes, we can talk. And, and I want to make an interview. And you tell me how you funded your film, how you started, what brought you to that stage of your career and, uh, and learn from that. And maybe then get the chance of, 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 of pitching what you want to pitch there. It's easy. I mean, it's uh, relatively easy. So, yeah, that's one of the reasons I think um, the, uh, the physical markets like AFM or Cannes are, are, are really important and cannot really be replaced by online, which is what we're discussing now with uh, regarding Cannes, postponed from May to probably end of July, end of June, and and the, and and. The, and Jerome Payard and the market are considering uh, having an online version of the market. Mm. So yeah, won't be that's the same. probably, that's a good thing, but it's not enough, I think, because yeah. you don't have those opportunities uh, like yeah. the one, uh, luck, bold, uh, like human. It's uh, yeah. how you can Some connect. Yeah, it's important. Yeah, agreed. It's important. Well, uh, Bruno, I don't want to monopolize your time. I will ask, though, if there's one thing you could tell this audience, what would that be? With all your years of experience, your expertise, you know, the folks that want to get out there. And as you say, some of these folks are shy. Um, we are, you know, notoriously introverts as creatives. So what would that one thing be when it when it comes to um, – I guess approaching those festivals because, as you say, you're you're a festival expert. What would that one thing be? Well, um, I think um, first thing is work. Do your homework. Do your homework. Yes. Uh, believe. Um, if you build it, they will come. But believe and and and. Uh, um, Trust your vision, uh, listen. So that's part of the work thing, like listen, talk, uh, get feedback. Um, and yeah, the things can become fairy tale, but they don't come easy necessarily. It, they come with uh, work, preparation, um, desire to do the best on each 
at each level, no compromise, um, be bold and creative. And yes, uh, just consider that uh, festivals have opened the path to many of your peers. I mean, uh, Spielberg, uh, Luc Besson, Lucas, they all started in film festivals with short films. Uh, happened. True story. So why not? Yeah, definitely. Why not you? Why not you? Bruno, thank you so much again for your time, man. This has been uh, an incredible interview, and you know I'll, I'll, I look forward to the uh, feedback that we're going to get. Uh, I've had several of my uh, listeners to chime in on different episodes, and they'll email me or they'll e email the, uh, the guest and whatnot. So how can uh, the audience find you? Um, I guess maybe on social media or however you like to be contacted. How, how can they reach out to you and how can they find you? Well, uh, find me on Facebook, on Twitter, that's Fest21, uh, and filmfestivals.com. I'm all over the place, so it's easy. Find me. Gotcha. Okay. Well, Bruno, thank and, you again. Uh, that, so the first thing I want to say is social media is, uh, is uh, like a first step, but of course, any... Uh, for a conversation about the problem they want to share with me and I'd be happy to to discuss that. Of course, the next step would be uh, an email and then uh, possibly uh, uh, an, a, a Skype call or whatever. I'm open to uh, uh, brainstorm a little bit um, and uh, I look forward to getting feedback on, uh, on, on what the uh, the ideas that I hope trig I, I triggered. That's that's the my reward uh, would be like people were uh, got back. I mean, uh, listened to this conversation we had, which I think was very uh, very fruitful, and say, oh, you gave me this idea of doing this and that. I remember yeah. one the the best compliment someone made from one of a a, a, a keynote I made. The girl came next morning and said, hey, Bruno, because of you, I didn't sleep. I said, oh, wow. <laughs> What's wrong? Why? Yeah, because you said so many things that triggered my mind and my brain kept buzzing and I imagined and I had, she was uh, one of the programmers of the very big film festival and, uh, and she, she heard so many things that she wanted to try. So she, she, she loved that space. She told me, I think that was uh, exactly what I was there for, like uh, sure. trigger people's creativity and, uh, and uh, maybe challenge them and, 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 uh, and play with them if that's possible, because I like that. <laughs> I'll say this much, uh, audience, I want you guys to know when Bruno says this, he, he means this because he and I met like six or seven years ago now. And it's it's most ironic that we ha we're having this conversation and we have this follow up. Now, granted, I think uh, uh, maybe a part of that is due to uh, just the amount of sheer downtime with everything going on with the virus and all this other stuff. But um, that may have freed up a bit of time on your end and perhaps on mine where we could actually meet. But nonetheless, yeah. I will say that, you know, you responded back to me. Um, you were very generous and very kind with your time. And you're you're sincere in what you're um, offering these you know these folks in your expertise and your knowledge, and I really appreciate that. I, I'm certain they do too, but I really appreciate that because 
my aim and my ambition in doing this whole thing with the podcast is to help folks um, in their career and along their way. And if, you know, this conversation has helped one person, I think, you know, we did a world of good, but I think we've helped a lot more than that. Good. Yes, Happy. Sir. Thank you. Thank you very much, Deronte. Thank you so much, Bruno. We appreciate you. And stay safe over there in France, okay? Yeah, do the same. Yeah, do the same. And and, uh, and remember, when it comes to being contained, I mean, people don't get that as being serious. And they start, I was pissed because uh, I have a dog, so I'm allowed to go out twice a day. And I saw people going out like, nothing happened and and families people playing whereas we had orders to stay home and that's these these orders are meant to save lives it's not that the virus is contagious i mean you've heard it before but uh, it's about uh, trying to have less people in the danger zone where they need the the rebreather right. thing and the, and we don't have enough and you don't have enough as well so right. you want to Keep think of your 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 health uh, caring uh, population. The people who who take care of you in the hospitals, they 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 will be uh, surpassed if you, if people don't follow these orders strictly. It's about exactly. staying home, stay home, and watch yes. films, stay safe, watch movies. Yes, watch movies and and make content. How about that? <laughs> yes, contact. Yeah, like this, like we did. Yes, definitely. Bruno, thank you again so much. And um, so that that wraps up the show. But thanks so much again, man. I, I really appreciate that. And, I, and I'm definitely going to stay in touch with you if that's all right. Um, sure. You know, like I say, um, you know, I, this is your 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 girth of knowledge is incredible. And um, it helps me even as a filmmaker. I mean, I, I've been doing this for a long time, but I don't remotely claim to know it all, you know. But what I do know is... I'm smart enough to know that other people know more than I do. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you, right. en you enjoy your evening, all right? Okay. Of course. Pleasure. Yes, Thanks sir. A lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks a million. Take care. Bye-bye. A special thanks to my guest, as always. I couldn't produce the high-quality show without you. And a very special thanks to each of you in the EIT Nation. You are my biggest supporters and fans, and without you, the show is absolutely nothing. On that, I have a favor to ask. If you're enjoying the show, please help me spread the word. Hit the share button for YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you're on, and send it to at least four or five friends. That'll help me out. And click the subscribe button while you're at it, so you'll be notified upon the release of each new episode. And we're bringing on sponsors too, which is how we're able to support the show. So if you'd like to be a sponsor, reach out to me at smith.durante at gmail.com. Otherwise, if you can simply click on our sponsors links in the show notes and support them, that supports us. Thanks again. Love, peace, and fish grease. And I'm out. Thank you for tuning in to today's show. For only the best show notes, links, classes, and more, go to theexpertprocess.com or follow us on Facebook at The Expert Process or hit us up on Instagram at The Expert Process. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review, subscribe, and share.